in this episode of Warriors of Worship. And I have an awesome worshiper in Kimberly Michelle Prince. She's from right here in North Carolina. There's some great talent and great people here in North Carolina. And so I'm so excited to be able to, to share her with everybody and just kind of go through some of the things that she's been through um, in being a worship leader. And she's been a worship leader at some pretty significant churches around here. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for her to share. I knew her from, I think she said World Overcomers. Uh, she has really great music. Um, and let me just say this. She has a song. Uh, I have to, uh, I'm going to sing it one day. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it any justice, but she, you're a writer, you're a mom, wife, but one of the songs that I really, really like, I think it's one of the first ones that I heard, and it's, on a mountain, in a valley, your love is overwhelming, your love, it finds me. That's so amazing. That's like uh, an amazing, amazing song, and I know you got some other songs out there, Father, and you got a new song coming out. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot going on, sister. So tell us a little bit about yourself that you, you'll share with the Warriors of Worship today. Yeah, I um, thank you, Marchetta, for having me on today. I am so honored to be a part of this. Um, but like you said, I do have a lot going on. I have, um, like you said, Your Love. Mm -hmm. That was actually my very first song that I wrote. And it's um, amazing. Yeah, I wrote, that was my first song that I wrote. And that's when... I kind of knew that God had, that was a, a, a gift that I had never discovered until I wrote that song. Wow. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that, but I want to talk about how I was kind of older when I wrote that song. So, um, and then I have father mm -hmm. and I have a Christmas song out that, um, the light is playing right now called Lord of everything. All right. And then on Friday, December 4th, all right. I am releasing a song titled Speechless. Okay. And I need everyone to go and download that one. It's and a, we will. Please, please, yes. please. It's, I'm nervous about this one, Marchetta, because it's, it's a different sound. It's a different, it's so different for me. It really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm nervous about it, but I really feel like everyone will like it. I really do. Okay. And that, that's amazing. And sometimes you need people and music and things to push you outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, that I'm excited. I can't wait to hear. It. I'm sure it's going to be great because everything that you've done before then has been great. So well, I don't expect anything less. And what I love about music is like, I feel like music should be able to transform. So mm -hmm. if I like rock a little bit, you might be able to catch this part of me. Or if I like blues a little bit, you can catch this part mm -hmm. of me. So allow, and I think that's great that you allow people to pull different aspects of yourself mm -hmm. and of the things that you love. So I, that, that's actually going to be a really cool thing. I do have to tell you one thing. I forgot to tell you this. Um, I love that you play violin. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I actually play violin too. What? I play violin. Let me tell you how crazy this is. So I saw you with your violin. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I play violin from elementary school all the way through high school. Wow. And a long time. I play pretty well. And my mom was mad because when I went away to college, I went to Michigan State, I decided I wasn't going to play anymore. And she was that's like, what that's what I just, buddy. And I was like, uh, I think I'm done. Uh, <laughs> 
But I see you with your violin, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's so neat. Girl, I don't even remember anything about playing my violin. It is such a heart instrument. It's such a heart instrument. and It is. I actually, let me tell you what the backstory, a very quick backstory to that is when I was, I want to say I was three, and my, all my siblings play music. None of them, I'm the only one in my family that does music now, as far as my siblings and stuff like that. Neither one of my parents are in music. Oh, no, wow. They're all in the medical field and stuff like that. My brother uh-huh. and my sister are both doctors, but they used to have music lessons. So we had this older black teacher, her name was Shirley Cartman. Mm-hmm. And I would always sit in the lessons. I was a little big girl. I can remember it though. I was a little big girl. I was sitting in the lessons. And I'm like, she would say, you're too small to start any instrument right now, but I'm going to find you a special instrument. And I remember one day I came in and she said, all right, this is the instrument that I have for you. And it was a violin. And she said, I want you to learn this special instrument. And she said, and you're going to play this for the rest of your life. So I oh, think wow. it's, it's so important that you watch what people speak over you too. Yes! She told me, and I looked at her like, oh my gosh, she was like, for the rest of your life, you're going to be an amazing black female violinist. And I said, uh, I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> so, and I'm not telling you, I gave my all to that instrument when I was younger. I can remember when I was maybe like seven or eight. I would practice for like three or four hours mm-hmm. religiously. My parents didn't have to tell me. I loved that wow. instrument so much. It was my life. Aww. And so here I am at 33 years old, still playing the violin. She's gone to be with the Lord. And wow. on her deathbed, she called me. She called me. She called my mom. And she's, I'm sorry, I'm about to tear up about it. But she called me and she said, Promise me that you will never stop playing the violin. And I made that promise to her. And no matter how much I try to get away from it, it comes back. It comes back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm glad that it does because it's a beautiful instrument. And like I love classical music. I love I love so many different types of music. I hate that I stopped, but we get to enjoy beautiful music from you. So <laughs> I was Thank like, you. yes, a pretty brown girl playing a violin. Do yes. it, sister. Yes. <laughs> I That's love exactly it. That's exactly right. I love it. So I've yes. had so many challenges. I've had so many challenges with that violin just because I am a brown girl mm-hmm. trying to play something that's not typically something that I would play. Right. So I was in like, you know, the North Carolina Symphony. I was in all the, I was the only black at UNCG wow. School of Music. I would be first chair. Yeah. And I would, I was so competitive with that thing. Like they would be like, oh my gosh, here she comes. I like, <laughs> and I would be like, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> I studied my craft. I practiced for like 10 hours, but I got it. That's what I was asking do. you to give me anything. I worked for this. I worked for this. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Wow, <laughs> and we can tell. We can tell by the music that you give us. So that is thank amazing. you, amazing. So thank let me just delve on in here. Okay. Where do you currently lead worship, and how long have you been leading worship? Um, I currently lead at Hungry Church in Greensboro, North Carolina, okay. which. It's weird because I live in Apex, but I commute to Greensboro. And um, when I was transitioning from the church that I was at, um, this I, I they needed um, a guest worship leader. So I came one Sunday, led worship, 
And the pastor was like, I like her. Like, I want her to be my worship leader. Because they were going through some transitions, too, with their leadership. And so he called me. He was like, listen, I, I know you. it's a commute. But if you could be a part of this team, I would love it. And I instantly had a connection with Pastor Marcus Johnson. It was a, it was an instant connection. He's mm-hmm. like, he's a young pastor, so I'm gonna say he's like a big brother to me. Okay. You no, know, he's like a big brother, and he's you know I could talk to him, I can laugh, joke with him, and so he's been like family to me. He he took me right under his wing, and I've been leading there for almost. It has been two years. This this month, actually, two years. Wow. And so I started leading worship uh, probably 2000, I want to say 2013, the same year I got married, actually. Okay. And so I went to Raymond Bible College to get some training, um, to get some substance, to get some word. I'm, I'm a stickler about doing things in decency and in order. And I feel like with everything, and this is just something my parents have raised me with, is that preparation is key. Wow. I, I just don't feel like you should, even when you feel like you've been called to do something, I don't feel that you should just jump into it. I feel like you should prepare. Prepare, even if it's a gift that you have, you know, you know, sharpen that gift. And so I went to Raymond Bible College. When I got back from Raymond Bible College, in Oklahoma, which was one of the best experiences of my life. Wow. So how long um, was that? I stayed there one year. Okay. One year. And when I tell you, Marchetta, it was like, if anybody could experience that, if they can um, just take, you know, it's, it's a two-year program, but I only did one year because okay. I, I got married. But um, if you can go and experience that, I would advise anybody to just take time to take you know go to Raymond Bible College it's oh man it was just the most amazing experience so I went there um got some substance got some word got some built my prayer life and then after that maybe like a year later I started leading worship and so I've been leading ever since then Wow! it has been a process I'm not gonna say that I got right in and I knew what I was doing Mm -hmm. because that would be lying And honestly, if anybody said that, they would be lying as well. Right. It is right. a process. You gotta you gotta study your craft. I, I said the same thing when when our ministry started and um the pastor, which happens to be my brother, asked me to be the worship leader. I actually told him no. Um because really? I was like, I don't think I can't do that because that's gonna require me to study, it's gonna require so I mean he wore me down. But <laughs> I made him invest in ensuring that, you know, I could go to worship conferences and understand Mm -hmm. and know where we're trying to lead the people of God. I wasn't just going to try to figure it out or try to sing you under a table just because you know how to sing. That doesn't mean anything when it comes to worship. Absolutely. You really have to know the word of God and understand the word of God. Absolutely. And kind of live a saved out life for him as well. Right. So all of those things are encompassed. So um you are absolutely uh, that's amazing I, I never knew that you went to uh, Raymond College but that's that's really really no yeah I went really for cool. a year and I lived in Oklahoma um and it was just oh my gosh people you never hear people talk about Oklahoma right. but I'm gonna t- have you ever been no you I've have been to North it's- Dakota never been to Oklahoma <laughs> it's so I mean like there's a church every mile mega churches not not small church 
mega churches like every mile. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Wow. And so I probably visited about 15 of them when I was there. Yeah, me, I'm telling you, we went to like all types of churches out there and they would have big Christmas productions and big, I mean, it was amazing. So wow. Oklahoma, if you can ever go, I'm telling y'all. you. I'll put that on my bucket list. Please. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. Wow. So when did you know that there was a call? I know you went to, to school, so something in you must have been drawing you there. Um, when did you actually know that there was a call in your life? Because I feel like a call to do worship is a call to ministry. Right. When did you actually realize there was a call on your life for that? Well, so when I was younger, um, I, I, I used to sing here and there at, I don't know if you know, um, Word of God Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually where I started singing. Word oh, of God wow. Fellowship. I used to go to Enlo High School. Uh-huh. Um, in Low Magnet High School. And then my parents and my, my family and I, we attended Word of God Fellowship with Bishop Summerfield. Yay. And he, him and his family used to just, I mean, they were like family to me. They they treated me like a like their own child, their own daughter. Aww. And so I started singing and he really kind of like started pushing me, like, you know, be over help with the children and help with this. And then they would do like music productions. And I was uh, Dorothy, but I would sing all the parts. I would sing everybody's part. I would sing the lion <laughs> part. Then when, when the scarecrow, they were like, Kim, get the mic, sing this part. And I would sing that part. And they were like, why well, I sound like the same person singing all the parts? <laughs> I was singing all the parts. I was working for shit. I was like, ah, oh, was this? and I was young. I was, I was in high school, but that's when I really was like, hmm. It was more to it was more than just something that my parents made me do. Right. It was more than just something that, oh, these people like me. I'm gonna do it because they're accepting me. No, it was something that started brewing inside of me that was I can tell it was like a passion. So that's when I initially felt like, hmm, something's there. And so I would sing around at different churches with tracks and stuff like that. Um, I would love CC Winans and I would always sing CC Winans. And <laughs> I'm sorry, can you hear the people outside doing the lawn? Mm-mm. Okay, they were loud. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, the blood so, is covering them away. <laughs> okay, perfect. I just didn't want that to be drowning us out. But um, that's when I knew, I was like, huh, I feel like this is something that I want to do. Okay. And when I remember, I remember my mom and I remember her taking me down to the altar to be prayed over. Mm-hmm. And I can remember as plain as day, it was like, God said, I'm going to use you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you for something greater than you, something greater than you would have ever imagined. Wow. And so back then I've always loved music. Like I said, I was playing the violin. I was still playing the violin in all the orchestras at this time, yeah. but my parents weren't particularly fans of singing. Hmm. So they didn't necessarily want me to sing. They just wanted me to focus on the violin. They were like, nah, everybody sing, just play the violin. But my brother was like, Ma, I really feel like something is there. And so I, me and my brother kept saying, listen, I feel like something, I feel like God is calling me to something greater than me. And so that's when I started really, really embracing 
everything, being on the worship team, wow. um, making sure that I was dedicated. That's one of the things with me. Like I'm, when I'm, when I, when I'm a part of something, I'm all in. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm giving everything I got. And so that's the promise that I made God. Mm. And I said, if you allow me, if you use me as your vessel and as, as your, your voice, I said, I will be all in. I will not, I will not stray away from you, even in the hard times, even in the challenges, even in the difficult times. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm all in with you. I want you to use me. And I know that's not an easy, that's not going to be an easy journey. And it hasn't been. It's been a very difficult journey. But God said, it doesn't matter. I put this gift in you. I put this desire in you. And I need you to use it for my glory. It doesn't matter who says that you're not good enough. He said, they didn't give it to you. Uh-huh. He said, it doesn't matter who, who rejects you. He said, because they're just going to reject you to turn you in the direction that I need you to go. <laughs> he said, so what you have to understand is that greater it is within you than he that is in this world, which means that everything that I placed inside of you, I meant for it to be there. And it doesn't matter who tries to deny you of that. I gave it to you. And so I had to really, really embrace embrace my relationship with God and embrace this, this, this call that he put on my life and say, God, come what may, I'm with you all the way. Come what may, I got you. And I said, and, and ever since I've made that promise to him, I've seen him be so merciful to me. He's, you know, protected me and guided me and opened so many doors for me. Mm-hmm. And he has always told me when I'm lonely and it seems like everybody else has walked away from me. He says, I got you. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there have been some lonely moments when it comes to this, to doing worship, which is weird. Yeah. You would think that, you know, you have everybody, but no, it's been some very lonely moments, some very moments where you need somebody to minister to you, right. but you have to pour out. And so, you know, I, I knew really at a young age that God was calling me to do this. I just had to, I was afraid of the journey, but I had to embrace the journey. And so here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, at 33 and I'm still doing this. And I, I'm telling you, Marcia, I love it. I tell people this all the time. Like I love, like you just said, that whole journey thing, like God just, he just directs good, bad in between the journey is all part of the process. And I think I was going to ask you later, like, what would you say about your journey? And I tell people all the time, like, to me, the journey had to be had, whether it was bad, because then that made me who I am today. Absolutely. You are that you're able to write or you're able to do the things that God called you to do. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take any of it away, even the hurtful things, because that's what allowed me to grow. You know, I can't, you know, the plant can't grow without the rain or or the storm. It's not going to always be sunshine because otherwise it's going to dry up. absolutely like you said you know people tell you no okay i know god told me so you keep going that's part of the process that's That's part part of the the journey but we can't stop because somebody said oh i don't like how you sing oh okay that's fine right (laughs) i didn't know you god didn't call me to you then he called (laughs) (laughs) you that's exactly right well let me move on okay Oh my gosh, that is so funny. So so important. And I, and like I, I always say, like, um, 
when I'm when when it's coming to when it comes to worship, I was going back to my initial thoughts. I always have so many things run through my head. I tell people mm-hmm. all the time in worship. There's so many things that are in my head. It would probably trip you out in the middle <laughs> going hard, but um worship to me is a place of solace and mm-hmm. I gain strength from it. Mm-hmm. So I actually have never I, I was talking to another friend of mine that used to be on the worship team with me. Um you know how some people be like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm doing too much, I'm doing this, and worship actually has been my place to get strength, mm-hmm. you know, in those weak times, in those other times, I've never been in a place where I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I have always, and because I live my life as a life of worship, mm-hmm. when I come into his presence, because I've been in his presence already, when I come into the presence with the people of God, that just gives me so much more strength Absolutely. to even get through those hard times or um, times in between when you're up and down and everything else in between. For mm-hmm. me, that is what worship has been. What would you say it was for you? You know what? I <clears throat> I would say very similar. Um, and I was talking about this actually like yesterday with a friend of mine where I've never... I don't think I've ever been to a place where I'm like, I'm worn out from doing, I'm worn out from doing worship. I'm, like, I'm just worn out. I just yeah. need a break. Like I, and, and that's no, no slight against people that have said that because exactly. some people, everybody's different. You understand that. Yeah. But I've never, like my journey started off as a backup singer. I used mm-hmm. to sing backup. Um, when I was at World Overcomes, that's where I started. As a BGB, I used to sing behind the amazing Todd Galbraith. Yeah. And so um, I probably sang every weekend for three years straight. And when I tell you, Marcia, that I was never, I, I wanted more. We would have like three services sometimes. I was in every service. Yeah. You know, I sweat. So I would go. <laughs> Me my, I would go do my hair in between. One of my one of the girls on the worship team that was really good friends with me, she would do my hair in between each service, and my little hair got burned out. And so um, we would do our hair in between each service. We would dry it and do our hair, and I would get up there with my towel and sweat again. <laughs> I <would> never, yeah. <laughs> I wanted more. I would go home just like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, that's what it was to me. It was like this is love this is what i love this is my safe haven this is my safe place this is where i feel safe and so i think i can definitely say that i feel the same way about worship i was never a person that was drained and saying that i'm tired of this i need and and some people do need that because they have a lot going on in their personal lives but i this is this is this is what it is for me i love it it is something i i could eat sleep drink, breathe, whatever. And I don't, I don't get enough. I don't, it's, it's never overwhelming to me. And that's why I know that this, that's one of the things that shows me that this is what God has called me to do is because I'm never tired of it. I'm never, I can get tired of, I can get tired of everything else going to work. Um, the only two things I don't get tired of is, is raising my baby. Yeah. She, she, I be tired a little bit now. <laughs> Now, let's just say now that I'm quarantined, but hallelujah. 
<laughs> I mean, I a little bit. You, you see a little bag under my eyes, from <laughs> but uh, but other than that, you know, God has. I love everything that God has me doing right now, and I'm just grateful. Yeah. So, what would you say your as the worship leader? What are your expectations in worship? Like, what do you expect on a Sunday morning for worship? <clears throat> yeah, I okay. So for Sunday mornings. To me, it's different steps, phases, because I feel like, like I said, preparation is key. Mm-hmm. So, and not all the time. I feel like there's such things as spontaneous moments in worship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when I, on Sunday mornings, when I have prepared my team, I have given them the, the music. They have gone over the parts. We have had rehearsals. I have met with the media team and told them this person need more, that person. I have met with the band and we are on the same page. We have prayed together. We have studied our word together. We have done everything in our power to be as prepared as possible. And then on Sunday mornings, I feel like my expectation is because we are prepared, it is easier for God to come into that room because we're all on the same page. It's not one person sitting over there like, I don't know this song. And I, and it's a tug where it's like, okay, I'm pulling you. I'm having to pull you and still trying to minister to what, what do my job. Right. And so I think that when we do everything we, we can do to prepare properly on Sundays, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for the expectation, which is somebody comes in and they are saved. I always view a church as a hospital. I always view the church as somebody may be coming in there that's that's wounded, that has been broken over the over through the week, that has been grieving. They have, especially right now in 2020, man, you cannot risk not being here. You cannot risk that when people come into the room that they feel the presence of God. And so I always feel that people come in and they are hurting. And if we don't know what we're doing as the doctor, Hmm. then you know what I'm saying? Like if you go to the doctor and you see that doctor and they're like, hold on, let me look at my phone and, on Google and see what that means. <laughs> you're like, hold up. I could have done that. Yeah. It's the same thing. Whereas if you're in worship and you're fumbling and you're just like, hold on, like, no, go back. And you know, people are like, I could have stayed home for this. Right. So I think that once we come in and we prepare outside of Sundays and mm-hmm. we do what we have to do at home and in rehearsals, when we get there, the presence of God, you can tap into that thing. It's tangible. Mm. And so that's my expectation is that I do what I, I'm supposed to do. And on Sunday mornings as a team, we are, it's easy to, to, for the presence of God to come into the room. Mm-hmm. It's easy to tap into that and that somebody may leave saved healed, delivered, set free, uh, you, whatever they came in with bound, they, they are free from that. Mm-hmm. That is my expectation. And I think that a lot of times we as worship leaders, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we, if somebody don't shout, if somebody don't scream and holler and this, we're like, oh God, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel that somebody could just be like this and they're being set free. Somebody can just be, they can just, they don't know what to do because this is new to them. They could just be standing there still crying, but they're set free. So when there's a presence in the room where people are set free, delivered, and somebody can come up to me and say, listen, 
if nobody else got something, I got something. And that's all I want is at least one person in that room to get something from God, whether it's, it, it doesn't matter what it is because we all need something. So if one person gets it, then my expectation, expectation for that day has been met and I'm pleased and God is pleased. And so, you know, I'm grateful for, to be surrounded by people that had that same desire Mm -hmm. to be prepared, to be organized, and to, to have that expectation of freedom in the atmosphere. Mm. Freedom is something that is vitally important. And I feel like you get freedom with knowing God. Mm-hmm. You don't know him. You don't know his word. <clears throat> there is, um, there's just an air of, to me, repetition. I'm just repeating what I heard somebody else say. I'm repeating what I heard somebody else yeah. sing. Oh, yeah. You know him. I hear him. And like you said, when I have perfected my craft, mm-hmm. you know, I say in my praise team rehearsal all the time, we end with, we're perfecting our tools that God has given us to lead his people into perfected praise. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's perfect, but mm-hmm. it means that I gave him my best. Absolutely. Now that is a perfected praise to him that he receives. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it, and it's kind of tough when you don't give God your best. Absolutely. Sometimes, like I said, your best may not always be perfect, mm-hmm. but as mm-hmm. long as it was the best that God yeah. gave you, like yeah. you're you're a musical person, so you know where things are supposed to be and how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be done. Absolutely. I may go somewhere where they don't know that and they don't understand that, mm-hmm. but they've given God their best, and that's okay. And continue to learn to perfect your craft. Look online; there's so many things on YouTube that people can learn now mm-hmm. um, with perfecting um, their craft and giving God their best. Um, like, there's not an excuse. There's none. <laughs> there's that's what I say. Not pay nobody. <laughs> <laughs> when, and when people come with excuses, I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna be able to do it. Nah, I can't, I can't do that with you. I can't. They'd be like, but now can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What price do you feel like you've had to pay for to be in leadership or for the call? Because I feel like there is always a sacrifice or there's always a, a price that's paid. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. I think, whew. Where do I start? No, I'm just like, um, I think with me, um, oof, with leadership, <clears throat> and I think before I became a worship leader, I didn't realize how much, um, how many prices there were going to be to pay. Um, I think that one of the things were just people not feeling like you deserve it. Mm. People feeling like you don't deserve to be the leader. You don't deserve to be the worship leader. You don't deserve this. And you don't, and just people just doubting your gift. Like I said earlier, just feeling like you're not that good and you're not this and you're not that and saying that and lying on you and telling this and telling that. And so that was one of the heavy prices of leadership that I wasn't prepared for. Wow. Um, I just was, I was thinking that the the hard part was, okay, I got to know my music. I got to know this. I got to know that. And I need to know how to do a run every once in a while because I'm not not much of a runner, but I'm going to do one every. It's okay. So, you know, so people be like, oh, that was, that was cute. She did, you know? So, but when I tell you that was the least of it, 
I didn't, I wasn't prepared for the things outside of the stage that comes along with it, you know, dealing with, you know, personal things that pe- the people you're leading, mm-hmm. you're almost carrying their burdens and yeah. you, you know, when they're going through things, you feel like you're obligated to, you know, almost go through that thing with them. Right. And so, you know, almost kind of like feeling like a counselor almost sometimes and feeling and actually taking on a pastoral position yourself. That's what it is. I think that, yeah. And that's why, Marcia, I was, I got ordained um, two months ago. My pastor ordained me two months ago. And I was like, look, Pastor Marcus, I deserve that because I've been already. <laughs> I, like, I deserve this because yeah. I've been already pastoring. But um, yeah, you, you take on a pastoral role because. I'm telling you, you have to pull out, you know, people come with you with a lot of personal issues and you like, hold up, let me find a scripture for that. Cause that's deep. You know, that's, that's deep. That's real deep. Right. And then with that, you have to make sure, like you just said, let me pull out a scripture for that. Cause I don't want to give you my opinion mm-hmm. or what I think. What does the word say? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just making sure that I am study. I have studied my word that I am prepared, not just for the music part, but for the personal part, for the part where somebody may get mad at you because you tell them, oh, you, can, you actually can't wear that on, on stage. Or, okay, hey, now I noticed that during worship, you, you seem out of it and they are offended. Well, I'm going through this. And so <clears throat> that part of it, that price, that price tag was one that was a little bit more expensive that I wasn't thinking was going to be up there. But, and then people just turning away from you, feeling like you don't, like I said, like you don't deserve it. People have turned their backs. People have walked away because they're like, you don't deserve that. I deserve it or this and that. So, you know, losing friendships, losing relationships, and just having to walk away from people that weren't necessarily ready for you to go to that next level that God was taking you. And so that's one of the, that's some of the prices that I've had to pay. But when I really think about it, when it all boards down, it's, it's worth it because it's still, it's still something about being able to get up there and use your gift to give God glory. Mm. I'm like, y'all can slap me with your shoe. I'm still (laughs) going to get up here and take your left shoe and slap me inside the face and I'm gonna still be like that's all right as long as I got my right side yeah I'm, I'm gonna lift my hands <laughs> because God has been that good to me wow mm-hmm. that's amazing what would you say your we've kind of talked about a little bit about that but what would you say your process was in becoming like I know you kind of moved from singing to then being in charge and that's really honestly how the process works Mm-hmm. What you don't realize when you're in that process, people that God placed in your life that you glean from, and you don't even know that you're getting things from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can name so many people that have impacted me over a year, and I didn't even know because I hated to sing. I had to sing lead. Um, what? I was forced, and <laughs> and but God would have me around people. I love singing background though. I love music. Like I told y'all, I play violin, but I love music. Just mm-hmm. never was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, but he always put me around people that I learned from, not knowing that I was learning. Mm-hmm. And would you say that that's been part of your process? Like I, I heard your um, a word of God. I know there was some mm. great 
<laughs> musicians. Yeah. Oh, yes. I had, um, who was the worst leader? Alnita Johnson. I don't know if you know Alnita Johnson, but, and she'd probably be shocked that I, that I named, I just dropped her name. She'd probably, <laughs> but, um, and I'm going to tag her to it too. I was like, hey, Alnita. But um, she, her, oh my gosh. And actually, you know who I was under at, at Word of God? Kim Person. Ah, I love Kim. <laughs> I was under Kim Person and I was under Anita Johnson. And it was another lady named Tracinda Moore, I think. And they were three of the worship leaders there. And when I tell you, I used to just stand in awe, like, oh my goodness. Like, because wow. those women were, I mean, when I say on fire for God, they would have everybody slain. It's like, so they were one, they were some, some people that I looked up to as worship leaders at a very young age. And I was just like, God, you know how sometimes you just be like, let me touch them so you can transfer that gift on over to me. Mm-hmm. That's how I was where it was like, let me touch them to transfer that gift. And that's really where I started feeling like, okay, connections are important. The people you're connected with and the people that you want, that you feel like are the example of how you want to lead. Mm -hmm. So I I would, you know, for me, I would, I was so, like I said, I was so dedicated to backing up or singing background. You you could count on me. I was Mm -hmm. someone that you could count on. If you told me to lead, I was going to be there and I was going to be ready, prepared with my songs. And I was going to have everything I need. Even when I was at World Overcomers, when I used to lead back up, it was like, okay, whatever you need me to do, I'm doing it. And I think that that's part of the process. I think that when you can sing behind a phenomenal worship leader mm-hmm. that, that has been doing this and that has experience and somebody, you know, somebody that, had, that knows what they're doing and they have been in this for years and they've been through this process. Right. And you can kind of learn from them mm-hmm. and, and let them teach you not thinking, you know, it all thinking, right. oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I can sing. Let me sing my song. Right. I'm a violinist. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I had to humble myself and say, you know what? This is something that I actually have to learn because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So part of the process for me was finding people that were great examples um, I think one of the best experiences of my life was singing behind Todd and singing behind Kim Reed and people like that were that just, I mean, come on. They were just some of the best. They're some of the best to ever do it. And Absolutely. so you can't do anything but respect it. And so for me, my process was always learning, soaking in. Don't miss your season of learning. Don't miss your season that God has you in a position where I need you to learn. I don't need you to try to be like, oh, can I get the mic? Oh, right. can, can I lead a part of that song? Oh, can I do this? Always trying to get up front when this is your season of learning and mm-hmm. soaking in and being in the back. Because when it's time for your season to be up front, you'll be ready instead of still trying to learn like, oh, shoot, let me learn how to do this again. Because I was so busy trying to get up here, I didn't learn how to do it. Right. So I think that that was the process for me. And it was, it wasn't easy because I was kind of like, you know, oh, I can sing. You know, I had been told my whole life, girl, you can sing. Ooh. (laughs) I've come to pour my praise on him. That was my favorite song to sing, Marsha. Alabaster Box. Oh my gosh. I would sing that song every day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I would sing that. People say, oh, 
so I had to learn that even though even though God had given me that gift, I had to learn how to maneuver that gift, how to use it. You can't just get up there and sing and expect people to necessarily experience his presence. Right. Mm-hmm. If you just want to be a singer, then that's different. Right. Like if I just want to be an artist, then I'm not just a, an artist. I'm, I'm a worshiper who happens to record. <laughs> Which is uh, what I started off as. Different things. So I don't hate on the artist who's just an artist. Exactly. Me neither. Uh, right. Exactly. Like we learn from them. We do stuff from them. But if you're a worshiper and that my number one goal is to lead people to Christ and to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm doing that effectively. Absolutely. And I have to make sure like as a worshiper to me, like move myself out of the way. Like that's always my prayer. Even before every worship, God moves me mm-hmm. out of the way. Um, because sometimes you can get in front of yourself because you myself will overthink everything. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not singing it right. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Forget yourself. Let God have it. You've rehearsed, you've practiced, you know, your music. Absolutely. Go and let God do the rest. Period. End of story. And that, that, this just, that's, that's how, and that's, that's kind of what advice, which was going to lead me to my last question, which was what advice would you give a younger worship leader? Um, just moving forward in ministry. Yeah, I mean, it's so many things that you can tell a young worship leader, but the the biggest thing is if you know that it's something you have been called to do, Mm. don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough. And even with anything in your life, don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough. Don't let anyone tell you what you have, what you, you don't, you don't know what you're doing and, and because there may be a season of your life where you may not know what you're doing, right. but if you know, this is something God has called you to do, mm-hmm. you take time to, to put aside everything and you go and you learn what you need to learn, study what you need to study, get that word in you get some substance, you know, because I'm telling you right now, my mom always says, don't get up there. Um, with no substance. Don't be getting up there. Just talking. You need some word. She always said, don't, don't tell me nothing but the word. So I think that what you have to do is make sure you stay in your word, make sure that you have built a, a very firm, solid relationship with God, put God first, mm-hmm. put him first in everything that you do, pray before you do anything, seek his hand, seek his face, wow. um, that he will, he will bring you godly connections and that he will show you the direction you need to go and he will put you in the path of the people that will lead you and guide you and that he will protect you from jealousy. He will protect you from people that are trying to stop you. He will protect you from people that, that may think that you're not worthy of it. So my thing is that get godly connections, connect with someone that in your weak moments, they will help you get some strength. Mm-hmm. Connect with someone that they can sense that, huh, they can almost sense like something's going on. And I have those type of people in my life where they're just like, you are right. Like, you know, let's pray. Let's, and they'll just call you and encourage you and build you up and tell you, you know, keep pushing. Right. So my advice is definitely get you some godly connections. And if you know that this is what God has called you to do, don't you stray from it. Mm-hmm. You may have some challenges. You may have some roadblocks. You may have some, some, some bad days. You may not, some days you may lead and you may feel like that really wasn't good, but (laughs) you cannot give up. You cannot let that stop you because 
somebody needs your gift. Somebody mm-hmm. needs the call that is on your life and somebody needs what God has placed inside of you. Mm-hmm. So if you stop, you're doing yourself a disjustice and you're also, you're not using the gift that God has given you. And mm-hmm. he has put you on this earth for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so if you know your reason is to stand before people and allow, demand the presence of God to come in that place, then don't you give up. Mm-hmm. Don't you give in because I, if anybody can tell you that, I'm telling you right now that I can tell you that because I've had some challenges and I've had people try to stop me, try to discourage me, try to tell me I'm not good enough, try to reject me, try to, everything you could think of, I've, I've dealt with it. And I'm telling you right now, I am still pushing mm-hmm. and there is nothing that's going to make me stop. And so I extend that challenge to everyone that has that feels that call in their life absolutely and then i'll that was a great way for me to almost close up and i was just gonna say i always say this um when you praise it to my team to your to whoever is leading we should always praise and worship like somebody's breakthrough really depends on it absolutely. So if you were called hold on to that because if you give up like you just said somebody is connected to me right that needed that I had to go do that mm-hmm. because somebody needed a breakthrough. Absolutely. And because I quit because I got discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to encourage yourself when you don't hear from somebody else. If God Absolutely. told you to do it and you know, he told you to do it. Keep doing mm-hmm. it. Keep going. Serving. And you know, like, like a lot of times I think that some people don't want to serve, but mm-hmm. serve. There's so much that you get out of serving. Absolutely. In ministry, working and understanding. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but then that builds you up to become an even better leader. You know, and you understand. And so when those hits come, you know, ah, okay, let me get up. Right. <laughs> that hurt me a little bit, but yeah, uh, th- that was. Have your moment. Yeah, absolutely. Have your moment. And then, and I'm telling you, I had a moment like last week and I was just like, huh. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was throwing a fit. Oh, uh, uh, I don't want to do it. My husband said, yeah, stop throwing a hissy fit and get up and keep going. I said, oh, you get on my nerves. <laughs> That's what I said, you get on my nerves. I want you to do something That's what I, that's what, but you have to have those type of people around you that, you know, my mom is the same way. Just stop. She'd be like, girl, stop. You're too blessed to be doing all that. Go on, sit down. That's what she tell me. And I say, all right, I guess I'll stop. So (laughs) you just got to have your moment and get back up. Absolutely. Get back up. Well, thank you so much for this chat today. It was so exciting. You are such a gift to the body of Christ. Thank you. Glad I can say I know you. One day we're going to have to do something together. Think about old sister Park over here. Uh, Look, I got a good song I want you to sing. I I want you to sing. I'm going to send it to you. We're going to have to work on something together. Uh, I think it would be amazing. Yeah. So, yes, man, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for the new song. What was the new song again? It's called Speechless. Speechless. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you this, by the way. Those pics and your, the, all the stuff you have absolutely <laughs> amazing. You did not take those with your iPhone. No. <laughs> no, I did not. I paid a little penny for them. Oh, no, I can tell. They were absolutely amazing. It's worth it. 
we're gonna get the song speechless thank you i'm excited for you and i'll be waiting on my song amen and i know i'm not gonna let this be the last time we talk now i'm gonna bother you yes okay all the time come through come through i'm waiting you my sister all right well thank right. you so much kimberly we should appreciate you. you and love the gift of god that's in you god bless you. you you too and yes ma'am bye-bye bye-bye uh -huh,